0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I am your host, Stan McCune, realtor here in the greater Greenville area of South Carolina. And you can find, as always, all my contact information in the show notes. Should you need to reach me for any of your real estate needs, or any questions, or any thoughts, or any ideas that you have related to the show, anything like that, you guys know how to reach me text, email phone call, Facebook message, Instagram message, all of those things, um, you can reach me at any of those mediums. And honestly, I don't have all of those in my contact information uh, in in the show notes, but you get the idea. However you can find me, you can reach me. Um, And as well, as always, I always ask you guys, please rate, review, subscribe, download, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do all of these different things to the show. Uh, that's the only way I ask you guys to support the show outside of potentially uh, referring real estate business to me, of course. Um, but I'd appreciate if you guys could support the show and make sure that you don't miss any episodes by doing all of those things. Today, we are going to be talking about the annual Greenville County tax sale, which is a, a very, interesting, uh, very interesting thing that, uh, that happens every year that the uh, county of Greenville puts on. But this year was the first year in several years that they have actually done it. And they just did it yesterday. I'm recording this on Tuesday the 9th. Um, They just did this yesterday, Monday the 8th. Um, And they didn't do it last year. It was canceled because of the pandemic. They didn't do it the year before because apparently, and I don't remember this, but apparently there was a uh, very random frost uh, sleeting or something event, ice event, Uh, that uh, if you guys know Greenville at all, you know that the slightest winter weather that we get shuts everything down. Um, And so apparently that year, they did not, uh, you know, back in 2019, they didn't hold it, um, the, the tax sale, due to some kind of winter weather event. And so the last time they had it was three years ago in 2018. And so they published a list. Obviously, it was a massive list. Of people that are behind on their taxes. And, and here's how it works. And I don't know all of the intricate details. I might get some of this wrong, but, but at least 90% of this is accurate. And let's just be honest, I've never been behind on my property taxes before. So I don't have firsthand knowledge of exactly how all of this works. Um, but the long story short is this, if you are delinquent on your tax on your property taxes, I believe it's for a year, um, then you start to get notice from the county that if you don't pay up your taxes uh, by a certain deadline, then your, your property, whatever it is, can be sold at auction at the tax sale. And so if your property is sold at the tax sale, um, you still have it. You still have it for basically another year. But during that year, you have to pay off the taxes, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you also have to pay back the entire bid amount, not just the tax amount, but the entire bid amount, whatever it's sold for, including interest. And the interest is uh, 1%. Well, it, it's basically 12%. If you wait the entire year, you're, you're paying an entire 12%. The way they work it, it's kind of weird. It's a prorated quarterly Three percent. So, you know, if you pay it off in the first month after it's sold at auction, you have to pay a three percent tax, not to exceed the your entire tax liability. So, you know, if the property sells at auction for five hundred thousand dollars, but your tax liability was only two thousand, your your interest that you're paying is not going to be three percent on five hundred thousand. It's only going to be two thousand dollars, if that makes sense. But that's the only way that you can redeem it. You have a year to do that. And so, um, it's a great option for people that go to the tax sale that just have a lot of money floating around that they need to do something with. They can potentially purchase property and then they, uh, if, if it gets redeemed, then they're getting back something close to 1% interest per month at minimum, really, um, 1% interest per month, um, or they get the property, one or the other. So this is my first year going to the tax sale and experiencing all of this. And so they published the list several weeks in advance of 1,200 properties, 1,200 properties. And here's, here's the way the list works. It had a what they call an item number, which makes no sense. I, I don't even know. The numbers weren't in any discernible order um, or sequence. But an item number, then the tax map number, then the name of the, of the owner, of the property owner, and then the amount of taxes that were due. <clears throat> Excuse me. Notice that's not a lot of information, not an address, not whether, uh, what type of property it is, whether it's just vacant land or a mobile home or a single-family residence. Um, no bedrooms, no bathrooms, no size, no acreage, nothing. So I had to research all of this myself now in 1200 properties that's a that's that would take me like weeks So I did what any smart real estate investor would do and I hired a virtual assistant to do this for me and I had the virtual assistant compile a, a ton of data on these 1200 properties and it took her and her team um, a good week to get all of that done so, they compiled data on all 1200 properties. And so then I had about a, a week or so to then analyze this list and figure out, you know, now I've, I've got the data on all 1200 properties, but that's still a huge list to have to analyze. And obviously, not all properties are the same. And, and uh, there are so many different ways to analyze it, you can look at it from the standpoint of like, well, what um, which ones are, you know, the the nicest homes on this list? That's that's one way of looking at it. You can look at it from the standpoint of which uh, owner is least likely to pay back their taxes and and least likely to redeem this property. You can look at it from that standpoint. You can you know obviously analyze it from the standpoint of uh, the type of property. Are we going after vacant land? Are we going after houses? Are we going after commercial? real estate, etc, etc. So there are a gazillion ways. And honestly, the first time I looked at the list, I was just overwhelmed. I was like, where do I even start? So I started with what I am most familiar with, which is multifamily. And I I say I'm most familiar with that. That's not entirely true. But you guys know that multifamily, small multifamily has been a specialty of mine for a long time. Um, That's basically how I broke into real estate. And I knew that the list of small multifamily wasn't going to be a huge list, whatever it was, out of the 1,200. And I know from an investment standpoint, because I was approaching this from an investment standpoint, it would be very quick and easy for me to analyze those. So I started there. And I immediately realized there is not going to be hardly any multifamily that even made it to the tax sale. Because remember, people still, until the very day, basically the day before the tax sale, they could still pay up their taxes, so I analyzed the multifamily and concluded there was really only one that stood out to me as like as likely to actually make it to the tax sale, and I was correct. There was one lady that owned like ten duplexes and quadruplexes and whatnot, and I did a quick little uh, background search on her and found that she lives in like you know like a mansion in downtown Greenville. I was like, okay, that lady is gonna pay off her taxes. Um, And sure enough, she did, Uh, like a a day or two later, everything was paid up. Um, So I started researching everything by all of the other criteria I could think about. And so the way I I approached it was I actually started, I I decided to look at it from the standpoint of what are the properties on here that have the highest tax liability, because I figured that those are the least likely to for people to pay pay up on them. Uh, those are the people that are probably so far behind, they're never going to get caught up. Um, and so that's what I did. So I, I analyzed hundreds of properties on this list. And basically paired my list down to it, it ended up being about like 35, 35 properties out of the 1200 that I was interested in. Um, and then I spent basically an entire the equivalent of like an entire workday Um, I I broke it up because I can't just spend an entire workday doing this. But I spent basically the equivalent of an entire workday just driving by these properties. Uh, Because, like I said, not all properties are the same. And and it was actually a very useful experience from the standpoint of the tax sale. Because, for instance, there was one property that wasn't there anymore. Like the house, you can look at on Google Maps, etc., etc. There's a house... And you drive by, and there's no longer a house there. I don't know who picked it up and and took it, but there's no house. Um, Some homes were like shacks, uh, just awful, you know, completely had like trees growing out the windows, you know, things like that. Other homes were really nice. And the crown jewel of it all for me was these two homes right in downtown Greenville. And they had a, a pretty steep tax liability going back several years, and I was like, okay, these have a pretty good chance of making it to the auction. Um, but guess what? Literally, the day before the auction, he, that dude paid up, and and I was not happy about it. Um, but literally, he waited until the 11th hour to, uh, to pay up uh, to make sure that he kept those properties so they didn't go to the tax sale and he's fortunate that he did so I went to the tax sale armed with a lot of data I it was kind of like uh, those of you that have played fantasy football with me uh, typically in a fantasy draft I have like a lot of different sheets and a lot of different things I'm analyzing uh, to assemble my fantasy football team it was kind of a similar uh, a similar look for me going to the tax sale um, oh and by the way I didn't even mention um, this tax sale there, there's so much that I could, I could do like five episodes on, on this tax sale because there's so many different angles that I could approach it from. But one of the funniest things about this was how antiquated the whole process is. I mean, this is, this is old Greenville, right? We, we talk about how progressive Greenville is and it's the new South. Okay, the tax sale is the old South. This is how they, they have done it for however many years. And so um, I looked up on their website, this is a, a few months ago, um, I looked up, you know, when, if the tax sale was happening, I knew it always happened in the fall and the website was not up to date at all. It did not have a whole lot of information. It just had a phone number for the, the tax sale uh, desk. So I called the tax sale desk and they were just like, oh yeah, you'll need to call, call us back in a few weeks. Uh, you know, we'll have pre-registration, blah, blah, blah. So I called back in a few weeks and they said, okay, on this date, they gave me a date you have to come in person and pre register. And I was like, Okay, great. Day before that date, I call them back just confirming, Hey, I just want to make sure tomorrow morning is when we're pre registering for the tax sale. Yes, tomorrow morning, you know, we open it, I think it was nine o'clock, whatever. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if this was going to be like real estate Black Friday, uh, with a massive line, I actually got there like an hour ahead of time. And there was like nobody there. And I hope that I didn't start a trend. Um, there did end up being some people showing up, you know, 15, 20 minutes before, including some people from Atlanta. Um, so, you know, it was generating that much interest. So um, so I went in there to to pre-register and, and reminder, this is weeks before the tax sale. Um, we go in there and, you know, there's maybe 15 of us going in there to pre-register. And by the way, they're only taking 100 registrants. So it it, it was the stakes are high. So we go in there and I, I went up to the tax sale desk and lady comes over and I'm like, um, I'm here to pre-register for the tax sale. You know, she looked at me like she was confused why we were all there. And it was like, we're here to pre-register for the tax sale. And she was like, um, uh, no, sir, we're not doing that until next week. And I was like, "No, I called multiple times last week, including yesterday, and was told that you guys have pre-registration for today. We have people who drove up from Atlanta. They called yesterday and were told the same thing. Um, you need to have us pre-register. So I don't know what the miscommunication was there, but thankfully she was accommodating. Basically, the way it worked, I had to give. We all had to give a form of ID." Then they give you a card, a big card with a number on it. And that's the number that you hold up when you're bidding at the auction. And then they have your driver's license tied to the card. So then at the tax sale, when you put your number up, if you win the auction, they already know who you are. And and they do that because if you win and you don't have the money to pay, right then and there, you get a $500 fine. So you have to have all of the money for your total bid amount for any of your bids at the tax sale in the form of cash or a uh, certified check made out to the Greenville County tax collector. All right, so that's the background story it, and how antiquated that process was. Well, then the tax sale itself was, was really funny. So I got there you know, about 30 minutes in advance. Um, the place was packed, and one of the employees uh, at County Square, it, it was in the county council chambers. So where the county council meets uh, when they're doing public hearings and whatnot. Um, the, um, the, the parking lot was packed. An employee uh, in County Square was like, what? what is everyone here for? And she asked me this. And I was just like, oh, it's a tax sale. Um, and went inside. And I mean, it was packed in there. Now, there were still a few seats left. So I was able to get a seat near the front. Um, those of you that know me well know I'm hard of hearing. I make sure that I'm near the front, uh, so that I can be close to the action and actually hear what's going on. Um, We were all in there, shoulder to shoulder, standing room only. There were people like sitting, like, like on the stage because there was a a little stage platform area. Um, Two auctioneers, they did their little, you know, auctioneer, you know, the auctioneer thing. Um, it took me a while to kind of get used to that because I've, I've not I, I've participated in, in foreclosure auctions before, but it's just a different it's a different vibe altogether. Um, this was like a legit tax sale auction. They had to go through hundreds of properties. so they had to do it quickly. And there was a lot of stuff for sale here. Um, again, like I mentioned, vacant land, commercial properties, homes, mobile homes, mobile home parks. All sorts of uh, of different things were for sale at this auction. And it became apparent right away that I was not going to be participating very heavily in this auction. Um, I had done my homework. Of course, I could look around and see that most, the vast majority of the people in there had not done their homework. Like everyone had their, oh, I shouldn't say everyone, but uh, the people that hadn't done their homework, they had their phones out and they were like clicking on like, the county tax website to like see what properties were were coming up next. There was one one guy directly in front of me that was throwing around hundreds of thousands of dollars at this auction. I don't know if he, uh, you know, represented a developer or whatever the case may be, but he. I mean, I, I only stayed for three hours, um, and that didn't even get. Let's see here. I've got the pages in front of me. There are fourteen pages that I printed off worth of properties. And we got through, during the three hours that I was there, we got through five and a half pages. So this was an all-day event, if you wanted it to be. Um, But during that three hours that I was there, a guy in front of me probably dropped like $750,000. And I mean, I'm sure he dropped a lot more money in, in the preceding hours. But here's the thing, like... The, the opening minimum bid is the tax liability. So the minimum bid amount is like next to nothing. Um, and so like, for instance, um, you know, those houses that were downtown, like really nice, big houses downtown, like the minimum bid for them was like $5,000. Um, and I've heard and I've seen, I've witnessed this, people getting properties super cheap at this auction. Um, that was not the case yesterday. Now, I don't know, maybe towards the end of it, maybe people started running out of money. But from what I saw, I don't think that happened. Um And so what I was seeing was, like I said, people just slinging money around, like, there's no tomorrow. I mean, it was, you know, it, there were tracts of land, like there was like 15 acres in Berea that sold for like 450 grand. Um There was... um uh, all, all sorts of uh, like if a house came up. So if, if land came up, you, you know, like a, a little a small little piece of land, the auctioneers would do it, we would start at the minimum bid, and then people would go up, you know, 100 200, you know, whatever the case may be, it would go up slowly. If it was a house, it was like, all right, starting the bid at, you know, 2800. All right, 10,000 20,000 30,000 40,000, you know, it, it just started going up by ten thousands, And it was like, there was at one point, there was a big old dude with like a shirt that barely got below his stomach a big old dude like that was standing room only but had found a place to sit like up in the front on the stage like next to where all the official tax people were and at one point he just literally rolled backwards in discouragement and just like flashed us all his stomach and that was gross um and there was a very interesting crowd in general here the the lady next to me like was uh, very flirty with like a dude behind her that was probably mm, maybe 30 years younger than her um, and was like right up against me as well. Like I kept like kind of pulling away, um, you know, trying to reposition myself in a way that like her leg or foot or arm or whatever wasn't touching me. It was like, yeah, we were shoulder to shoulder, but listen, the dude next to me w- wasn't pressed up against me like that you know it it, the whole thing was and and it was also annoying like i said she was flirty with the dude behind me i mean they were talking the entire time she did not even have one of those placards to be able to bid why was she there and the dude behind the dude behind me she was talking to he was completely unprepared he had no idea what he was doing and it was clear that a lot of people in there were were that way and probably about an hour in maybe two hours in um a good quarter of the people, maybe more, just gave up, just left, um, and l- like I said, I already knew by then that I was not going to be doing anything in this, but I would already invested all of that time, and so it's like I wanted to stay there and see how things played out, um, and so uh, there were a few interesting, uh, a few interesting things that happened. So one thing, uh, probably the most fascinating thing, and and the only thing that I considered bidding on, was there was um, some land that was being auctioned off, and I, I don't, I, I need to go back and look if if it had like a commercial stuff on it or whatever the case may be, but it was being auctioned off, and it was starting to to knock on the door of like six hundred thousand dollars all right, people were going back and forth, Um, it was getting up to 600000 and, you know, the auctioneers are doing this, and while this is happening, the actual tax collector comes out, oh, oh, and, and I need to mention the tax collector, hilarious guy, also Old South, he, like, gave this whole spiel about how Greenville is such a great place, and the greatest thing about Greenville is the people, like, that's how he introduced the tax sale, anyway, that was really funny, um, that <laughs> was at the beginning. I literally I felt like I was in like some podunk Alabama town. Uh, when he did that, but he seems like a really nice guy. Anyway, he comes out during the bidding and just kind of casually sits down, and then and then looks at uh what they're bidding and goes to the microphone. And he was like, "By the way, that land is contaminated," and the auctioneers look over at him and you know they stop their sing songy voice. Uh, you know, getting the bidding up. And it's just like quiet for a second. And they're like, is that a big deal to everyone? And several people are like, yes, that is a big deal. And so they're like, okay, we'll restart the bidding. So remember, this land was about to go off, you know, about to be sold for close to 600000 Now nobody wanted to touch it. And the one guy that I said was in front of me that was slinging around money, he got it for $35,000. Um, now, I had done no research on that land so I had no idea, you know, and, and I'm not the type that I'm not going to like quickly try to look it up on my phone like some of these other people and try to figure it out. Um, $35,000 is meaningless to people that have a lot of money, but that's a, a good chunk of change for me. Let's let's just be honest here. I'm not just throwing $35,000 out there on a whim, um, but I was tempted to. I was really tempted to because I knew we had just seen in the market that land, if it were, could be decontaminated is definitely worth $600,000. There were multiple parties that would have paid uh, in the 500s for it. And someone got it for 35. I don't know what, I don't know anything about decontaminating a property. I don't know what it was contaminated with or anything. I mean, it could have been plutonium for all that I know, but that was the the closest that I came to actually putting in a bid was just because it was like, man, I mean, what could be involved with uh, decontaminating a property that could make it uh, that much less valuable than it was before? I don't know. Some That guy probably got an absolute steal with that. He may not have even known what the deal was with contamination, but obviously he had some money, and so it was probably just one of those, I'm just going to take a risk with this. And I was close to being willing to take that risk. I wasn't willing to, but I was close. I was really close, really tempted to. Um, the uh, another in- interesting uh, part was when the real estate for a com- a commercial building, which I looked up, it appears to be some kind of dollar store, um, which I guess you know it's it's not the the. It's not the, the business that was for auction. You have to remember a lot of businesses lease the space that they are in. So this must be a situation where uh, where the, the dollar store is leasing uh, their space. I believe it was in Berea. Um, and the, um, the name of the owner was just like a woman. Um, and she owed like $30,000 in taxes. And, and, and by the way, I, that probably sounded really degrading. The name of the owner was just a woman. I, I didn't mean it in that way. It's most of these properties, if they were commercial, they were owned by like another business. So it was just surprising just to see what appeared to be just a regular person's name on there. If it had been a man or whatever, it would have still been just as surprising. Just the fact that there was just a plain Jane name there of a person that appeared to own uh, the real estate for this dollar store was surprising in and of itself. Um, during my time there, that property is the one that sold for the most. It sold for $1.625 million. And, and the guy that won the bid looked like he was in his twenties, maybe his early thirties. Um, and, uh, the auctioneers tried to, there was a guy in the front, not, not the guy that was directly in front of me, but another guy kind of to my left, um, who was going back and forth with this guy and the auctioneer, you know, tried to get it to 1.65 and the guy, bid on it and then he was like you know what no no i'm 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 pulling my bid back um and so i it was it was kind of like it it, that was the most interesting moment because it was like okay that's a lot of that's a lot of money being slung around here again um and the auctioneers were like okay are we done here we're nobody else is bidding all right and and actually people clapped because it was it was such a you know, we just didn't expect those. A lot of us didn't expect those numbers to be thrown around. I didn't expect that. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just thinking, what a shame. That lady, she had a property worth $1.625 million at the tax sale. It was probably worth even more than that on the open market. And she lost it because of $30,000. She couldn't come up with $30,000 or, or put the property up for sale last year. You know, sold it for... Every day for $1 million, just like that, um, she lost it over $30,000. And that was the case with a lot of these. I, I was just – that was what was amazing to me. Things were being sold at this auction at retail. And that was, at the end of the day, why I didn't make a play on it was because it was like, I see better deals than this. I mean, none of this is better than just if these properties hit the market on the MLS. Um And so that was the, that was the most amazing thing to me. I, I think these people that are letting these properties go, uh, based on the, the fact that they owe taxes, they don't realize they, the way the market is right now, they could just list these properties as is and make money back, get those taxes paid off and not just lose the property. Um, there was what was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Um, I had two properties that I was kind of targeting kind of in the middle of the auction um, towards the middle. And like I said, it became apparent very quickly that this was not going to be an auction where I was going to make a play in. But but these two properties that I knew were would be coming up around noon, which was when I planned to leave, um, I wanted to hold off and just see what, what they sold for. And the one was um, kind of a, a decent-looking little house in Taylor's. And the other one was like a shack in like uh, the west side of Greenville. Um, and by a shack, I mean like it was really, really run down. Like all the drive-bys I did, I gave the properties a, a score from 1 to 10 with 1 meaning like demo and 10 meaning, you know, like, turnkey, you wouldn't have to do anything to it. None of them were a 1, and none of them were a 10 that I drove by. Um, but this property that I'm referring to as a shack was a 3 out of 10. I mean, it was really, really bad. Um, it sold for $80,000. The Holman's Tailors, uh, that was pretty nice, sold for 160000 No way. No way. I'm not buying a shack on the west side of greenville for eighty thousand dollars. people are losing their minds that that is not a good deal like i i it did not make sense to me what was happening outside of the fact that people don't know any don't have better ways of getting deals than than that tax sale they literally thought that that was their only option that's the only thing that i can figure um now i will say that the uh and and I should mention that that's the that's the inventory issues that we're having, right? There are not houses or properties for sale. And so now here we go, we have a tax sale. And it's like, finally, there's all these properties for sale. People have been waiting and and starving for properties to come on the market for so long. And I think that people were just so eager to get anything. And so they were just throwing money, uh, throwing money around. And, uh, and I'm sure there were several developers there, and, and they were probably the ones that were bidding up, you know, those large tracts of land. Uh, because that's really a dry market for developers right now. It is hard, hard for them uh, to be able to, to buy acreage, to be able to, you know, develop new subdivisions and whatnot. Um, so that didn't come as a surprise to me. Um, but that is really what I just said before is really my main takeaway from this whole experience. Um, and I don't know if I'll do it again. Uh, I might have to wait for the market to correct a little bit. Um, but yeah, my big takeaway was that this market is so nutty right now. And yeah, people are like, Oh, the market's slowing down, right? Well, yeah, it's it's the seasonal slowdown. It always slows down in, in November, December, this time of year. um, but looking if you gauge the market by that tax sale, things were selling for what they would sell pretty much on the open market at that tax sale between a hundred bidders. And I don't know if they opened it up to more people because there were way more than a hundred people in there. But like I said, there were some people that had no business being there. They weren't gonna bid anyway. Um but I at the end of the day. I'm shocked and and you know I talked to a um a real estate wholesaler recently that was trying to to sell me some property and I was like, you know, why isn't the seller just putting this up on the market? And um this wholesaler said, well, they'll make more money going the wholesale route than they will on the open market. Uh, you can't sell this, t- this type of property. It needs too much work. You can't sell on the open market. And I, I I, didn't argue with them. I just kind of inwardly laughed and was like, no, that that is 100% not true. In this market, um, you can sell anything uh, as long as you price it correctly. And when it comes to these properties that need a lot of work, I mean, it, it's it's gonna sell. It is going to sell. Again, unless you... Just put it on there for way, way too much. Um, there is a market. There is a lot of money being thrown around in real estate investing right now. And uh, and and remember, like I said, these people, they had to have the cash at the auction. Um, I, I was thinking, I was like, man, and it, it had to be made out to the Greenville County tax collector. I was like, you know, obviously, they would get busted. But it was like, if if ever there was uh, an event... Uh, where someone should uh, should try to rob a bunch of people, that would be it, right? Obviously, I'm not advocating for that. And there were sheriffs in there. Um, they were going to make sure that nothing nothing went awry. But it was like, I was just looking around just being like, I wonder what the total amount of money is in here. I mean, it has got to be tens of millions of dollars held between the, the, the hundred people in here that have money. Um, hundred or more, I guess. Um, and, uh, and that's the story. Of real estate in Greenville right now, it is a story of a lot of money being thrown around, a lot of properties being uh, being sold for more than they should be. And listen, if you're behind on your HOA dues or your taxes or whatever, before it gets out of control, sell the property. You can, you'll get back your money. You'll, you know, if you've got a loan on it, you'll probably be able to pay off the loan. I mean, there is all sorts of uh, of money being thrown around that you will be able to sell the property. Don't let it go by the wayside. Um, I, I doubt any of my listeners are in that situation, but I'm just putting that out there because I was just amazed uh, by some of these properties that um, that sold, you know, that had a couple of thousand dollars of tax liability you know that one that I mentioned. Let me look it up. The one that was one hundred sixty thousand uh, that sold for one hundred sixty. Um, that lady or that man actually owed less than four thousand dollars in taxes, and his house sold for one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Like that's it's it's really sad to be completely honest. Um, but uh, but that's that's the way it works now. They have a year to redeem it. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious uh, to see how many of these get redeemed based on the prices that they went for. I don't think very many are. I think a lot of these um, are, are going to uh, end up going to the buyers. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the another big takeaway, if I m- make a play in the tax sale again, I need to go back through and look at the properties that sold cheaply. But I think most of the opportunities at this event were small lots. Um That seemed to be where the actual possibilities of buying something um, below market value was, is if you just want to buy small lots, put a house on it, whatever. um, That was, generally speaking, where it appeared that there were opportunities. I need to go back and kind of cull through the list. I don't know. Maybe if I have time to do that, um, I might do another episode on that. Probably not, but you never know. Um, I don't plan these things out very far in advance, (laughs) as you guys can probably tell. Um, I just kind of go with the flow and uh, let you guys know what's on my mind. Um, That's it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, As always, my contact information is in the show notes. You guys know that. Please, if you like the show, make sure you're subscribed. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Leave a kind note. Hit that five-star button to let everyone know that you love the podcast. Um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for enduring my tax sale story. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Stay safe. Stay warm. Enjoy the nice fall weather. We'll catch you next time.